I'm Martin Wilson, and this is The Next Turn, powered by ProTurn.io. The Next Turn is the home of conversations about skiing, ski racing, and sport. So thank you for joining us in the pursuit of better, to be better athletes, better coaches, better parents, and better fans. This week, a conversation with Katarina Leensberger. Welcome back to The Next Turn. It's good to have you here. And as always, it is good to have Jeff Vibert and Kara Williams by my side. Kara Williams, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Good to see you guys. And it's also good to see Mason today. Mason is here. We have to introduce (laughs) Mason Blondek. She is the director of interns here at The Next Turn. Um, Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure having you, Mason. Mason's joining us today because she was part of our conversation with uh, Katarina Leensberger um, because Katarina is one of Mason's favorites. So we thought we'd let her join the conversation and she was great. Thanks for everybody who's been listening and rating and reviewing and doing all you're doing to support the Next Turn podcast over the last few weeks. It's been incredible. We're going to keep pushing this strong guest list of some really incredible skiers while we have their attention before they get really busy with the ski season. This week, Katarina Leensberger. Jeff, why don't you get us started? Give us the hard facts on Katarina. Katarina Leensberger, born April 1st, 1997 in Feldkirch, Austria. She made her World Cup debut in 2016 and won a gold medal at the team event at the 2018 Olympics. She has 14 podiums, including three wins. She is the 2021 Crystal Globe winner in slalom. At the 2022 Olympics, she won silver. At the 2021 World Championships, she won gold. And what you might not know is she also plays the harp. She's kind of a big deal. Bit of a big Kara, deal. Kara, you, you missed this conversation, but you got to listen in afterwards. Maybe it's your job that's on the line with Mason stepping in. Maybe that was the problem. <laughs> But you listen to this conversation. What's the story here? Well, I'm okay with it. Mason did a great job. Um, I was sad to have missed it, but you know, for Katarina, it's been a bit of a stop, go hurry up and wait season uh, for so many world cup athletes, which must be incredibly tough way to live for anyone, let alone a 25 year old elite ski racer. And you guys spoke to Katarina just after the first world cup race, the season was canceled in Solden and just prior to the Lexers races that never were, as we all know now, Lexers was also canceled. So part of the story here is definitely the continuing European climate change challenges and uh, as you'll hear, Katarina doesn't seem to sweat the small stuff. Uh, when she won the gold at the 2021 World Championships, she thwarted Michaela Schifrin's bid to win five consecutive titles. And part of her success may be attributed to the fact that she looked at the goals in front of her, but not too far ahead. Uh, at the age of 25, she has 14 podiums, as you said, Jeff, three wins, Olympic gold, Olympic silver, a crystal globe uh, on her ever-growing trophy case. She's a tech specialist at a time where the talent and depth of the field is unimaginably deep. And while she's itching to get racing, she's also dealing with a completely new support team from coaches to servicemen. So they're still getting to know each other. And I certainly enjoyed getting to know her in this interview. I think she's one of the most interesting personalities in the sport of ski racing today. Kara, you are so good at that. Thank you. That is a great story. I may not even listen to it now. That was incredible. Thank you so much. Um, folks, you've got the hard facts from Jeff. You've got the story from Kara. Now we're going to give you our conversation with Katarina Leensberger here on the next one. Yeah, I'm at home. So unfortunately, our race was canceled yesterday in Selden. So yeah, we have to stay calm and focus on the next races. So did you get home for dinner? Yes, I did. So it was not as planned, of course, today. But yeah, so I had some time to meet my fans also after the race. So this was really nice. But of course, it was um, not the same as as if we would have been racing. And so, um, yeah, it was not a normal race day, of course. Does, does that cancellation change your plans over the next couple of weeks at all? Or the same? Or is it the same, same? Mm, yeah, I would say it changes a bit uh, the moment rally situation because um, there's not a lot of snow around. We wanted to train um, in Finland, 
for the World Cup um, for Levy and then come back also for Lechzurs. But actually in the moment there's no no snow um, in Lechzurs, no snow in the north or really less snow. So we will fly a bit later on um, to the north, but we will still train there before racing in Lechzurs, coming down for the race then, hopefully. And then, um, yeah, uh, hopefully it's the, the snow is coming and we will have a normal program. Fingers crossed. But a few more home-cooked meals in, until then. Um, <laughs> before we go any further, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for, for doing it in English. Um, I'm really excited, of course. I don't know if everyone understands me, but we will see what's happening. <laughs> you're, doing, you're doing great so far and it's way better than our German. So I, I appreciate that. L let me jump right in there when you talk about getting ready for this moving calendar whenever it starts. Can you talk about what you were doing over the summer to be ready? Mm, yeah, I did some, uh, a lot of sports actually. I did some good trainings. We were um, skiing in April, in May and on the glaciers at home. Then it was focused on the physical training. And then, um, yeah, we went to Ushuaia for um, preparing ourselves on winter snow. And then um, we had our last preparations now on the glaciers before Salden. How, how, are, you, how are you feeling? Like, you've had a couple good years. How, how do you keep getting better and sort of how do you measure yourself right now? <laughs> yeah, so it's always a process. So I think the, one of the most wonderful things in skiing is that you can get always better. And it's always a process to develop um, your technique further to um, get more um, into the limit when it's race time. And so in the moment, I feel really good. Um, it was structured a lot different um, this year in our federation, in our team. And um, for me in the moment, um, yeah, we had uh, good preparations and I just want to focus to um, learn more, to learn more in skiing and to get better and better. Thank you for that. When you say restructured, do you, some new coaches making your program is that how it works or are you making your own program I, exactly. I guess my I guess my question is how <laughs> do you work with the coaching staff what do you ask for them and, and what do they ask of you what's your job yes it's always a job that we do together so um, even though skiing is a single sport we are a team and we're working all together and it's much more fun if we can achieve also um, our goals together and um, so therefore, um, everyone has its own job and, um, yeah, this means that, um, my new coach with Livio Magoni, also my new serviceman with Milos, um, we had a lot to do in, in the springtime to learn each other better, to, um, know how we can, um, do progress. And, um, yeah, it's always uh, a work together. And um, so uh, it's, it's always that we focus um, where our goals are and then do this, the, the next steps for this. Maybe, maybe we can go back in, in time. Yeah. Because I'm, fa I'm fascinated looking at your FIST profile and yeah. learning, like going deep into it, right? Of where you yeah. were at, at different <laughs> ages. You were always pretty good, right? So correct me if I'm wrong. You went to our version of a ski academy at 15 years of age. Is that correct? Yeah, in Austria, it's so that you have your um, first school with six years. So I did that four years in primary school. Then I had two years in just a normal gymnasium where it was in my town. 
And until then, I did not even know that there is a ski academy or ski school that exists because my parents didn't want that I go from home in this young age. <laughs> so they didn't <laughs> tell me about this. And then it was it was time after two years in the normal gymnasium that they told, yeah, if you really want to get better in skiing and to also join the the like not the Austria but the smaller part from Vorarlberg this this key group then it's time to go in this um, ski school so I went two years there and then it was um, for me already clear that I go in a normal sport um, school for high school but then I um, yeah I I looked the, the schools I visited them and then I was so fascinated from the ski academy in Stams that I went there actually for more five years and yeah I finished with the finals exams and yeah I was really happy to be there and to do these steps and it was like a, a step by step um, like my career went so never focused on on the really high goals just the goals in front of me and it really worked well so um yeah there was always coming <laughs> one more goal after the other i love that and, uh, and i'll get back to that in a little bit but i'm gonna let jeff jump in here because i um we've got some questions about the rest of your athletic background jeff <laughs> Hi, hi, Katharina. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Um, it's great to meet you, and uh, we're big fans here at the Next Turn for sure. Uh, great I to be here. Ask, I always ask our athletes uh, that we've had on what your development was like from a young child. So were your parents skiers? Did they put you on snow very early? It seems like you were skiing as soon as you could walk. <laughs> yeah, so actually I was, um, yeah, about two and a half years old when my my mom was always in the ski area. So she teached the really young kids that were just, um, yeah, going on the first steps, the first time on skis. And I was there and I, yeah, soon I, I was getting bored to only had the normal shoes on playing something in the snow so <laughs> I I really um yeah wanted as fast as possible to to go on skis and I had so much fun and so I yeah learned a lot and then there was my home ski area in Laterns where I did my my first turns and um, yeah, I had a lot of fun to, fun to ski myself. And about six years, I saw the first, um, yeah, like there were some gates and I was really surprised to see it. And I told my mom, oh, look over there. I want to ski there. And it wasn't easy because I wasn't in a ski club or something. And then she asked and it was the ski club of Rankwal. And I'm coming from Goethe's. They don't have a ski club. So it wasn't easy to, to ski there. <laughs> and actually, I could ski there in the guest class. And yeah, I really did that. And I joined it. And then I also won this race in the guest class. When uh, I remember, I don't really know how many um, in my class were. But I know that it was possible to, to join the ski club Rankweil. And so... This is a little bit how my career started. And could you could you tell us a, a little bit about? Uh, we understand there's some gymnastics in your background as well, and as long as some some other sports as well. Yeah, it was um, not really the focus that um, whatever is coming in skiing. It was just that I really liked sports. Also, when I was a child, and we had some really good gymnastic club in our hometown and I joined this so I was there two times a week sometimes also after skiing in the evening I went to the gymnastics and also from from Vorarlberg um, yeah we had some competitions and I was also really good I had a lot of fun to learn 
the movements to get to know my body better every day. And I think it also helped me in the future. Um, yeah, to, to, to know how it's possible to have a good tension in your body to work with all the physical forces. Also today, when you do a turn, it's so much, um, yeah, also experience what you have with your body. And so I think that gymnastic is um, like a, a, like a basis that helps you as a child. And I would recommend it also um, everyone who, who does this. Amen. Um, amen to that. Absolutely. Preach. I, you, you sort of mentioned it there um, in a way, body awareness, which gymnastics, you were able to do different things with different parts of your body at the same time. Um, exactly. be, before we were, we were talking with you, we were arguing about um, your strengths as a skier. When you're racing, what do you do really well? Can I ask you that? What, when you're at your best days, what are you doing really well? And then, <laughs> and then maybe go, does what of that relates to your gymnastics background? Yeah, for me, when I do really well, I, I feel this tension of my body that it's really, um, it's really a good tension, but it's also releasing in some parts um, the muscles. So I can really fast um, like action and relax. So it's a bit uh, 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 working together of this. And I often say when I'm in the focus and especially in slalom, it's just like flying from, from gate to gate. And I feel that everything is going so easy and it doesn't need so much um, fight or something like this. Of course, you have a lot of um, pressure, a lot of um, forces to deal with, but it's in the end a really harmonic uh, movement. And it's really, yeah, just if it's authentic and normal, then it's feeling good. <laughs> That's a great answer. Okay, Jeff owes me $5 because I think you're kind of talking about what I or what I was talking about. I, here's what I think. I think you, you talked about some tension and some relaxation. I think your lower body and your connection to the snow is so relaxed and, and so fluid, and the upper body is incredibly disciplined. Am I, am I, am I far off with that? Um, yes. So I think... So my my way of skiing it's really calm, but on the other side it's really uh yes uh, a movement that looks harmonic and yeah I think you're right. All right, good. I get my five bucks. <laughs> I don't think we. I don't remember betting on the five dollar thing, but I said I think she's saying exactly what I said, Martin, which was it's like a dance on snow. Yeah. To watch you. We'll we'll pay each other five dollars. We'll call it. <laughs> have, have 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 those always been your strengths? When you look back at your younger age, it, at, are you a similar skier with similar uh, strengths? Hmm, I think that uh, the main characteristics are still the same, but of course they are developed and. I did also progress from the younger years to now. I, of course, I, I now I have some other, um, yeah, I, I'm not the same person. So of course, when I'm younger, I don't get the same pressure on the skis. I don't um, have the same skis of course they were getting longer over the years um, there was de developed a lot of things not only my technique also the materials and everything around also the slopes they were getting more icy of course in the world cup and so I think that uh, the, my individual characteristics are still the same but of course um, yeah there was um, getting uh, yeah um 
more adapted some my technique and the material and everything else. If if those are the things that have changed and you've adapted to, it, also looking back at your career, you're somebody who's been at the top and competed and won a lot along the way, from world like from fist races to world juniors to to world cups, world championships. Yeah. You, know, you know, you're 25 and you've got a full trophy shelf. So you've got the full collection of Olympic gold <laughs> and silver. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. pretty impressive. So that makes me think that you've always been a bit of a, a gamer, a, a game time performer. Yes, yes. this is, this is can really you, true. Can you speak to how, uh, you, have you always been that way? And do you know <laughs> why you're that way or why you're good at it? I think so that it's always a bit in my personality that I really like um, this kind of attitude that I really um, want to perform when it's time to do it. And so it's a bit like a lifestyle that I want to um, show what I can when I actually have this chance. It's not given to everybody. Not every person has this chance to yeah to live your dreams and to show what what you can and what you love so much. And I think this is a bit um yeah also this um this luck that that I'm really lucky that I can can do what I love and also show this and yeah as you just said correctly um when it's time to to perform if it's just some big events like it's coming to yeah I know when I was when I had the first um before the real olympics there are some years before so when you are juniors you can um, you can do some European Yacht Olympic Games. And yeah, it was the first time when I touched such a bit this feeling of it's a big event. It's a lot of eyes on you. And I felt like amazing. So um, yeah, then I got a bit this feeling. Yeah, I want I want to do this in my career that I'm really um, performing on my highest level on this big events. And so it was coming really fast. I did not really, <laughs> um, really think that it's happening already on the next Olympic Games that I started. And then it was not on the plan that I will um, do the team event, but I was there and I did some really good races in slalom. And then we did my first Olympic gold medal in the team event and I I, I knew I um, won all my races, all my duels, and it was really important for me. I was the first racer there in Pyeongchang, and Austria was the first nation to be there. And then I did not really know who will be skiing, um, which one of us three athletes will be starting. And about 15 minutes um, for, before the start, I asked, so who will race and um, what's going on? And they told me, yeah, you will race and you will open this this race. So Austria is the first nation and you have start number one. And so this pressure was like, wow, um, now <laughs> I'm in full adrenaline and I can go and I can show <laughs> what I can. And so it was like this. And also the next um, big events, when I think about last year, yeah, this was really amazing. Um with the world championships um, in Cordina. So I remember, of course, it was a little goal after my um, first world championships in Ore when I was on fourth place. Of course, you want to, to reach a medal. You want to be um, on, on this podium. That is all that counts in, in big events. And then... Um, yeah, my first event was parallel event, and yeah, I did not uh, even hope to to dream before about a medal because it's not the the main discipline for me. And then I did the gold medal there and my first Olympic medal, and it was amazing. And then I just wanted to focus on on my uh, my discipline. And then before in the giant slalom, another medal, and then in slalom, my main discipline. I I 
did not really think about um, doing the medal. I just wanted to show this performance that I know I am able to do. And so this was all that comes out. And um, yeah, it was a really emotional race, of course, for me. And then also with the um, globe, with with every every race um, until the last race, it was not clear to to win this globe. And I know in Lenzerheide, it was the final decision with Petra in the slalom um, 2021 when, um, yeah, I knew I had to win. And I knew that Petra was, she could, if she's second, then the globe is hers. Yeah. So it was a real pressure, but... I knew this pressure and I liked it and actually I really won and she got six and yeah, so this was the way how I did the globe and also the last Olympic Games now in Beijing last season was really, um, yeah, great. It was my first individual medal. So I had some really um, good trainings also before and then, yeah, I just showed it in the race and it turned out <laughs> Well, it's impressive to see you perform. I'm I, I'm going to let Mason jump in here and maybe go a little bit deeper on the day-to-day -day stuff of your performance. Go ahead, Mason. Hi, so, Katerina. So nice to be speaking with you hi. this morning. Um, hi. I wanted to ask you a few questions about how your mental preparation, what it is like on race day, um, and how it differs from your other competitors. And since you were an elite gymnast, is there anything similar mentally that you do as a skier now that you did when you were a gymnast? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, so actually, I think the most important thing is that I really have fun and I really like what I do. So this gives me um, kind of inspiration, kind of motivation for the tasks ahead of me, for all the challenges. And also um, to be really focused on the details, what I want to do, in the, if it's in the next run, if it's um, the next days before the race or whatever, that I can really um, concentrate on the most important things and everything that's around, it's not so important for me. I just want to focus on my goals and this helps me a lot. The next turn is powered by ProTurn.io. Traditional Alpine timing systems are clunky to set up and offer only one or two splits and a finish time. ProTurn.io is here to change that. A device that uses high-resolution GPS to provide over 5,000 data points per run, ProTurn.io empowers athletes and coaches to pinpoint exactly what's working, what's not, and where. ProTurn.io lets you move from you're losing time in the first half to you're dropping three kilometers per hour on the exit of the fifth gate. To get ProTurn.io and start elevating your training, visit ProTurn.io slash the next turn to get 10% off your ProTurn starter pack. ProTurn.io. Train smarter, improve faster. Now back to our conversation with Katarina Leinsberger on the next turn. What are those small focuses? Like, what, let's go back 24 hours when you thought you were racing at Solden. Yeah. Um, what when you were riding the chairlift in the morning? I don't even know if you got up on the chair. I guess in the morning. Ah uh, no, yesterday not. <laughs> All right, so you're driving to the mountain. So you're driving yeah. to the mountain. What what are the focuses in your mind? Like what is it you're thinking about? Yes, of course, I'm thinking about the the race. So of course, how the of course when I drive on the mountain, um, I don't really know how's the course so I cannot think about it but the most important thing I think is just to be um, focusing on the thing that you are doing in a moment so it's not so important to think about um, yeah the, the next hours or the next minutes it's just important that now I'm doing this and then I'm 100% under control what I'm doing and 
yeah, if we go a little bit more detailed into the start when I before the race, then I actually know exactly what I focus on, what I focus on the race, what's important, which parts of the run are important and yeah, which technical um, things are in my head that I um, want to show. But in the end, the most important thing is just to do it with all of my heart, to, to love this so much what I do and then just um, ski fast. I think this is all. <laughs> Shut up and ski fast, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love that. Are you, are, are you someone that, um, you know, granted first runs usually started right at the beginning now. Do, do you watch the other skiers? Do you w watch videos, look at times, splits, or are you focused yes. on your... Yes, of course. You can always learn a lot um, by looking at others. Um, sometimes also, like today, when I watch the men's race, um, you see how they are doing, how they are, um, yeah, just um, making, making the best what they can. And I would say you can learn a lot by this, but I always want to focus on myself. I just... Um, don't want to copy someone else. For me, it's really important to um, to really look what others do, but still be myself. When you watch your own video, yeah, what are you looking for? What do you try to get out of watching a run or two? Um, yeah, of course, I see what um, how I am, how the movements are, if they are really smooth or um, how I'm doing, how I'm facing the, the underground, how I'm facing the turns, um, how the skis are working in the turns and how I see that the movement goes in front. Of course, I always want to be as fast as possible on the next gate and so it's really important to see that the movement is getting on a on a good dynamic power always getting forward those are good answers too do you, are you someone that journals do you write down do you have a lot of data do, i'm sure your coaches do know how yeah. many runs and how many turns yes. do you use that information or you just trust your coaches use it? Yeah, I write a lot for myself, but I would say that um, my coaches, they have their notes and I just write what's important for me. So um, maybe it's not all the same that we write. So he writes more about the, the things around, I write more about myself, how I'm feeling, how I'm doing this. And um, so I think it's really important that everyone focus a bit on its own part and then we can um, put these puzzles <laughs> like all together. And then, yeah, we have at the end some, some things from, from all sides. Do you actually put that information I had six runs, 38 turns a run, this much time on course, and here's my journal. I felt great. I had a good lunch. And yes, about <laughs> a little bit, not that exact all the time. But for me, I, I like to write every day what I did. Um, yeah, what, what runs I did and um, how, how I feel and... Yeah, this I put just um, to to my notes, and it really helps me also if I want to look back something. Often I don't I don't really control it uh, all the time to to see um, so many details, but for me it helps if I yeah just want to look back and see how was this. And for me, of course, there are also some mistakes also in my career what I did, but in this case, I can learn from this. And so 
I don't want to do um, mistakes twice. And this is the way that helps me. That leads me to uh, when I follow you on social media and, and read about you, and you talked about your ability to perform yeah. and, and be, be present. Every athlete we've talked to that's been successful has been able to talk about being in the moment. Exactly. If they're doing their one thing at a time and it's just so clear yes. and, and obvious. And we talked about how, to, how they got good at it. How did how how much of your life outside of skiing allows you to be like <laughs> what are you doing with the rest of your life so you're so present when you're skiing? <laughs> yeah, I think it's really important to have a good balance in your life. So um, even though I really like skiing, it's not possible to do it every day. Um, maybe the most days in winter and in summer we have a long break so from March until October there's no race so it's also important to get your head a bit off to do something different um, as I already told I really like to do a lot of sports in summer that mm, just make a lot of fun for me so if it's tennis or climbing or motorbike or also I like kitesurfing, of course, you have to go to the sea for this. <laughs> but I just like to um, do something different that helps me um, to, to get more motivated, to get more focused than again for the tasks in front of me, what I really want to um, too, and yeah, just to be 100% um, on the skis again when it's time for it. I also play the harp, so this helps me a lot to calm down, to concentrate just on the notes and the sheet of paper in front of me and um, nothing else. And yeah, getting free um, from all the stress and getting a clear mind. So I think this is really good, but I also like some cats when I'm at home. They, they help me just to calm down and also the nature. This gives me some, some strength and some silence where I can feel the power um, when, yeah, when there's a lot around and this helps me to, to be focused still. Mm. That's some interesting stuff right there. How do you go about goal setting? Like the big goals. When you look at this season, you know, uh, you must have some season long goals, but, and then you break it down into day to day stuff. But how, how do you go about setting those goals? What's your process for that? In the moment, of course, it's the goal is the, focusing on the next race, the next coming race. So actually, Sölden is just um, <laughs> over now. But the next race is Lechtsjöth, and like I mentioned, and then Levi. So these are the most important races in the moment because they are just some days in front of me. And what's important, of course, it's um, the highlight of the season, the World Championships with Maribel. How do you, again, you've performed really well at these big events. How do you start planning, making that goal? Like, what's the goal? Is the goal a medal or goal is just to be at your best then? Like, <laughs> how, do you, how do you talk about it? Yeah, it's not easy to describe my goal in the moment because normally I would say my goal is always to get better and um, to be better. And so this time I just would say... My goal is, um, yeah, to to do it at the best level I can do it. And, of course, with the gold medal um, in the last World Championships, of course, it's the goal to do it again and to reach as many medals as possible. But the goal is one side. For me, what really counts on the other side is that I also feel that I'm improving on my technical sides, on my um, 
way of skiing and it's not always um, only to see the goals it's always um, to to make the steps to um, to get better and better and this also means that you have to make progress um, in any in any things in any kind of situations and like it's a really new situation for me now we have um, everything new new coaches new I think that every single person in my team is new except uh, uh, athletes of course <laughs> but um, so this means that yeah we do it um, now on our new way and this yeah maybe it needs some time but this time we want to use and then um, yeah when it's important that um, we show our performances what we couldn't do best that's incredible that's, a, that's such a powerful philosophy but <laughs> but what do you do on the shitty days like, what do you <laughs> like how do you turn like do you just write those off can you turn them around <laughs> is that when you ask your coach it like what do you do like don't tell me you don't have any like what do you do with them of course, everybody has shitty days. Everybody knows about them. And if I tell you now that every person can decide itself if he wants to cry or smile, and it maybe sound a bit hard, <laughs> a bit <laughs> incredible. But um, yes, of course, I think. And I also learned that in my career, it's not always possible that you have... Um, just um, a run like a trail that always goes up there it also has to be some days where they are really bad where you don't know how to do more I think I have a lot of um, not only days also yeah um, situations in my life that I didn't know how to get forward as I know there was 2019 there was this material discussion where I actually had um, some skis but no boots and they were not fitted to the rules of the federation and so I had a contract that was of course it was here and otherwise I had the federation that says no it's not possible and so it was really bad because I was in the middle and I just wanted to ski and so this was a situation I actually lost the first race of the season in Sweden because I had no material that was fitted and I was not able to ski there. And in this time, I didn't know <laughs> how to do forward. I could not train anymore. And so then you just get on the ground, on the basis of everything and you think it doesn't matter what skis I will get it doesn't matter what material I will get the only thing that counts is that I am able to ski I think that everyone um, got it so well presented with the situation of corona because the last years um, it was stopped so many so many things on the world and the only thing that counted was that yeah the, that the basis what we what we could do that we were able and allowed to do this and of course um, a lot of things around disappeared because it was just focused on the main things and just to stay healthy just to be able to work just to be able to do the normal life and so um I think these things help you in the life to come down and show what are the really most necessary things in the life. And then you see even more, um, you, you, always, you also appreciate those days even more when you see, wow, it worked out everything and I'm just on the best um, day that that can happen in my life. So... I think it's really important also to see this difference. Again, such a great attitude. Um, it, it makes me wonder what your parents are like. 
Are, are your parents big philosophical parent? Like, are they full of gratitude? Did they teach yeah. you that or did you learn it elsewhere? Yes, I'm really thankful for um, everything I could learn from my parents for all that they supported me because for me, I was really lucky that my parents, they stood really behind me, whatever I did. So even though if it was um, going for some sports or if it was going for some music or if it was what else my heart um, led me they just told me okay they want to support me in the things that that I like that I that I want to do and they will help me to do this even though we had not always the the best opportunities as I remember as a child of course um, we have some scariest clothes, but I have to drive 20 minutes, 30 minutes there. Of course, it's nothing for some other <laughs> reasons when I stay like this. But there are also um, other things because we had to, to go with the bus as I was a child. And then it was not 20 minutes by car. Of course, it was one hour then there to be there if you have to take two or three buses to get there. And so sometimes it was also with a lot of work. And I know that every child that wants to do something, that there is also some work to do with it. And the parents, they really have to deal with that. They have to stand up on weekends. They have to um, support their children when it's cold on the colder days. They have to go outside. And so I think it's really important that... Um, that parents um, do what they can to do to support their children. And here I know that I am really lucky to got this support from home. Are they at a lot of your races now? Yes, especially my mom. She's coming this season um, again with me on the tour because with Corona, it wasn't possible. She was with me before. And she just supports me because she helps me a lot um, that I don't have to drive my car myself all the times when I'm tired after the race. And um, something, yeah, To there's a lot of um, things to manage also in the season. If you stay on this place or if you go home just for um, some hours because the next place is eight hours away, maybe even though it's in, in Austria. And also my dad, he's a lot with me on the races. When I was a child, he also prepared my skis. Um, now we have some servicemen. <laughs> but I know that, yeah, they just did what they could to support me. And this helped me a lot in the past. And also now it feels really good that they, um, they help me. I know that I get the support of them, but they don't... Um, they don't say what I have to do or what they want because it's just my decision. It's what I want. And also when I'm in home, they, um, yeah, we're, we're just having a normal life. It's not that um, they, uh, they say um, what their plans are. It's my plan that we do this. And so, um, yeah, I'm really happy to have this situation. You're very lucky, and it seems to have paid off. <laughs> it seems yeah. to, to have worked. Jeff's leaning in there. Yeah, I was just going to ask, like, how, what's it like in Austria? I mean, you're the most popular ski racer, I'm sure, in Austria right now. Uh, <laughs> are your parents okay with, with the fame, and are you okay with it? And it must be crazy sometimes. Like, I can imagine <laughs> seeing all your fans in Solden so close think to home. I think we are in a great situation that in Austria skiing is a really national sport and uh, yeah you you also get this feeling when there are a lot of Austrians that are cheering for you on the races and for me it's always that it really supports me because I know okay yes I can inspire some people just with things that I love to do and give this further and for me it's 
really really nice also if there are some spectators at the at the races if there are visitors that that are here they are cheering for for me for all the races of course and it's of course much more nice than if it's time of corona and there's nobody here i think we we felt this a lot of course um there's some more work to do also if you think about other autograph cards but i really like that i have i know that all the autograph cards are right that they get to persons that yeah they they see me they maybe i can also put a little smile on their their faces when i give this to them and so i'm also happy and i think it's always um yeah just uh, a dynamic um that that's really good not also for me but also for the whole sport that's a great answer too you're i, I want you to take this the right way you are way cooler than <laughs> i thought you were gonna be like okay, bye <laughs> well here's if i can be really i'll be really honest i thought okay. this all right you, you what well, Knowing what I know, yeah. or what I thought I knew, yeah. from the harp to your academics, um, yes. it, to the way you perform and what I've heard you say, it seemed like you were very cerebral. Mm-hmm. And, and you are, but the, the size of your heart, philosophically, yes. is really quite impressive for what that's worth. <laughs> Thanks. So <laughs> way, way cooler. My last question is this, and then we'll let you go if you don't mind. Yeah. Now that you, you've been on the World Cup for a few years and you found some success. Yes. I'm sure like before you were on the World Cup, you had high ideas and dreams. You've got the Olympic gold medal, you've got a world championship. And yes, there's more medals to win in different colors. But when you look at from here to the end of your ski racing career, whenever that may be, maybe it's not goals, but what are the, what are the terms of your contract with skiing? Yeah, for me, the most important is, of course, that I really feel myself, what I want, what my heart saves me. And the most important is that I just have fun what I'm doing. And if I have this, if I feel this, then it's also because I love so much to perform at my best level. I also want to perform on this higher level because, um, yeah, it's, it's the thing I like. It's the thing I want. And so of course, on the other side, as I mentioned before, there are the goals that you want to reach. And of course it felt good to reach this. So I want to do this again, but on the other side, I also want to enjoy every single turn when I am ski racing and feel this, this power, this, this feeling, like also this feeling of flying in the turns where I know I can get faster and faster. And in the sport, in skiing, this is a progress where you can, you can always be faster. So it's just, uh, a process and yeah I hope that I can do this process um, on a really long time as much time as I can do this and just yeah have really fun on on the way I do it Amen Welcome back. Thank you so much to Katarina for an incredible conversation. God, what a pleasant young lady she is. It is now time for our Swix Thoughts of the Day. Before we share ours, we'd always encourage you to share your Swix Thoughts of the Day with us at the next term podcast.com. Kara, what are you thinking? What are your Swix Thoughts of the Day? Well, I'm going to jump around a bit because I enjoyed so many parts of this conversation. First of all, she plays the harp. How cool is that? And listening to Katrina speak, 
You can tell that she really loves to perform. For her, ski racing is a chance to show the world what she can do. And maybe that comes from a background in elite level gymnastics, or maybe it comes from playing the harp. Um, Our producer, Alice, shared some similar thoughts with me. She said, uh, for her, the joy is not only in the competing, but in the performing. There's such an interesting difference there. As she says, not everyone gets the chance to show the world what you love. While so many athletes talk about the need to be just in the moment and let go, she marries that with gratitude and love and credits those ingredients with a desire to perform, which is what makes her skiing successful. Thanks for that, Alice. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, Finally, I also found it interesting when Katerina admitted that she watches other competitors' videos and race runs. And as we've heard, many athletes like Philip Zubchik, who we had on the next turn a couple of episodes again, can't or won't watch other athletes. As Philip explained, he's uh, such a visual person. He doesn't ski like other people and he doesn't want to ski like them. Um, My son Jasper is like this. It's hilarious. When we're watching the World Cup races, he will only watch Henrik Kristofferson's runs. Crazy but true, he literally averts his eyes. And at this point in his 15-year-old mind, Henrik is the only person that he wants to emulate. So, uh, we're, But where Katerina says she doesn't want to copy other people, she's interested in the mechanics of skiing. She's a student of the sport. And for me, and I'm sure for you guys too, watching her ski is so much fun. She's an enigmatic personality in the World Cup, and I'm so thankful that she took the time to speak with us. Great job, guys. Kara, you're so good, so smart. Thank you. Um, we're going to go to our d- director of internships and youth outreach uh, here at the next turn, Mason, for your thoughts. Mason, what are you thinking? What are your SWIX thoughts of the day? So for me, Katerina, Katerina is someone who is vibrant in positivity. She's a calm, cool, and collected person who loves to perform on the slopes. I personally really enjoyed speaking with her. Um, She's one of my favorite athletes to watch because she talks so highly of her love for the sport. And if you haven't seen Katarina before, whether it's in person or on screen, you can always tell that she has a smile on her face, which is something that's really refreshing to see when she crosses the finish line. Mason, that is so good. And thanks for not being a little fangirl on the interview. I was a little worried about it. You were like mature. (laughs) It was really good stuff. Thank you for that. (laughs) I was trying my best not to freak out. You did good. You did good. You did better than Jeff (laughs) when we talked to Atla. So that was good. (laughs) Jeff, what are you thinking? What are your swift thoughts of the day? Well, Martin, I'm with you. She was lovely to speak with. And let's not forget, she is a superstar in Austria right now. Fans are following her everywhere, and they're really disappointed, as Kara said, to not see her in Solden. Two things resonated with me. One, she knows she's performing well when she feels it. And we've talked about that many times about skiing being about feel, and I love that about her. And it clearly, when she's on, she is on. The second thing that resonated with me is how much she loves it and how much fun it is for her. What I really want to ask you guys is, she said, not many people are blessed with the ability to perform at this level. So how much of it is her natural ability, or as Kara said, how much of it is about her gymnastics background or being so cerebral in her heart playing? I just think it's a really interesting conversation with athletes that are at this high level. How much of it is hard work and practice and how much of it is genetic talent and ability? Well, I'll jump on that because it leads into my thoughts of the day. Um, I think this, she is a natural performer. Like it seems like if it wasn't skiing, it would be the heart, but if it wasn't the heart, it'd be gymnastics. And if it wasn't gymnastics, it would be the young girl at Thanksgiving dinner doing a dance in front of all the parents. Like she seems like a natural performer. And when you talk about her loving it, that I think she may love that more than she loves skiing the actual performing and she thrives on it and she's able to do that in, in my hot take. There's a, there's a calmness about her. There's a simplicity about the, the, who she is in and what, how she goes about her business. She has an acute awareness of who she is, what makes her good and, and what she loves to do. And it's really, really fascinating. Like I said in the interview, I kind of made an ass of myself by saying she was cooler than I thought. But she really was. There's so many more layers to it, far more interesting. Um, but again, in a very simple, 
humble, pure, lovely package, <laughs> as in your words, Jeff. He's just a really great human. Um, another athlete as well that talks about focusing on the moment, right? Just staying really present. That's really interesting to me. And again, she said the best part about skiing is that you get to get better every day. Um, so another athlete embracing the arc of learning. Um, really fascinating stuff. You know, you wanted to say it earlier, but I'll say it. She's one of my new favorites now. Like, really fun athlete to cheer for. Those are my thoughts of the day. Again, we encourage you all to share your Swix thoughts of the day with us at the nextturnpodcast.com. We'll see you soon here on the next turn. Be well.